Blimey. This is one out of a jam jar you got here. House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. On with the show. All right. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the House of Mystery. This is Michael, your curator and host, and I'm in the studio, or in the House of Mystery, with... David. Hello, David. Hello, everyone. No uh, filthy things to inform me about? Well, I don't think you want to know, uh, sir, because like there's a lot of bad memories down in the basement from the ghosts. Oh. So um, I think you want to stay out of there what, for a while. <laughs> what do I have to do to get some sexual memories in there? Can we get some sexual there memories is, in there those? Is, but there's some dark sexual memories oh. down there. Well, I, I might be open to that. <laughs> Please clue me in. Make me privy to all those sexual memories. Dave. Sexual memories? I don't know if you want to know what that butt plug's been. Oh, never mind. Dude, <laughs> listen, David, there's something to be said about subtleties, okay, and subtext hey. and illusions and implications, uh, but you just go right in there, just like a butt plug. As I said, there's a lot of bad memories down there because it's not just the ghosts you got to worry about. It's the utensils now. Utensils, like forks, knives. Dildos, you don't know. No. I... I <laughs> It's implied, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So today, Dave, you and I are going to be discussing and breaking down Swamp Thing number five titled Survivor Bomb. This issue I was not prepared for. It was a deep dive into the philosophical and the political and essentially meshes them together to create a narrative that explores the causality of hate and prejudice in a synergistic explosive tale that ushers in a very special guest spot, which is Mr. John Constantine. Yep. And it's a guest spot that fans everywhere have been just yelling for. Well, Dave, you and I have been, we have been saying this like, well, listen, we love what Ram V is doing with Swamp Thing, but there comes a time when you have to bring Constantine in, especially since we're dealing with a new avatar, the green and some of what he has done has made news headlines within this story. And the fact that John Constantine hasn't, you know, made an appearance and said, Hey, what the hell's going on over here? It was only a matter of time, right? Yes. It's only a matter of time. And the thing I was really excited with is Constantine's one of those characters that every single writer that has tackled him, has has their own take on him. So getting a chance to see Ram V's take on John Constantine, while it's while it's true to that character, I kind of like Ram V's version of Constantine because he's a little different. He's a little I'm gonna throw caution to the wind constantly because I don't care. <laughs> he's very Constantine. And just to just to clarify here, Ram V isn't necessarily necessarily new to writing Constantine because he's been writing Justice League Dark now for over a year. So he is writing Constantine, but I will, I have to say that this might be some of the best Ram V, some of the best work Ram V has done pertaining to John Constantine or something that deals with John Constantine. Easily, easily. Yeah. Especially when you're the way he deals with the subject matter in the comic, mm-hmm. it's very reminiscent of the Vertigo titles. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, Ram V creates 
implicative parallels between bigotry and ecological disasters that connects to the previous issues in a way that ultimately adds to the bigger story that he's telling. Uh, Since issue one, Dave, we've been exploring the contagion that is overtaking the green that is at the the foundation, or I should say that is the foundation, it seems like, of this 10-issue run, a contagion that started with, I mean, I guess we could say a bad memory of humanity. We've heard the words, not a memory the green should have of us several times, including in this issue, as Swamp Thing prepares to get rid of the unexploded bomb. Levi's brother did something. I believe we were talking about during our last discussion that agitated the green, but it seems like there is a possibility that Ram V is actually saying that possibly Levi's brother's actions was a catalyst or the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess would be uh, an appropriate idiom because it seems like the messaging here is that humanity is the contagion. And that's what you you kind of get the sense of because like when at the end of the last issue where you have Alicon explaining about like something has contaminated the green and you all of a sudden have like this almost like the last time I mentioned it was like the perfect puzzle coming together yeah. since we've covered future state or uh, uh, future's yeah. end. No, Future State. Or was it Future State? Yeah, you're right, Future State. But when we covered Future State and we get to this point, it all comes together that this is the overall motif of Ram V's yeah. tale of Swamp Thing. I it's, love that you picked up on that, yes. It's about humanity. It's about the fact that well, the one thing that I've been saying is we've been focusing on the 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 villains. You know, oh, he introduced Woodrow. He re- reduced the... The Woodrow, or he uh, he introduced the uh, the stranger in the desert, and we were all thinking too superficial. The real context of Ram V's story was getting to the point where it's the contagion, and the contagion is humanity. Right. <laughs> yes. Now, you mentioned future state, Dave. It may seem, at face value, that this issue here may contradict future state a bit. It's a bit, yeah. <laughs> it's a more pessimistic view of humanity and and more accurate in my opinion. Whereas in future state, we get a more optimistic and hopeful framing of the human soul. Well, it brings into question how did how did a uh, swamp thing get to that point? Because exactly. this is how he yes, starts exactly. But at the end of future state, he basically his message is never give up on humanity, the good of humanity. Right. I feel like they're taking steps to. Blame humanity, but also at the end of time, essentially in future state, that humanity may actually find a way to fix the damage they have done and become better. So we'll see where this goes. But honestly, it feels like an arc of a story in reverse. Uh, We see the atrocities of humanity. But then in the end, after a type of comeuppance or possibly where possibly humanity learns its lesson, we change, which is future state. Yeah, and and think about it. The choice of Constantine in this type of story arc that Ramvi is telling is perfect because while Constantine's a hero, he's not the best of humanity. 
I mean, even Constantine would say. Oh, you bite your tongue. (laughs) Even even, even Constantine would say, he's not the best of us. (laughs) No, he is the best of us. But, like, at the end of the day, though, even though Constantine is a bit of a douchebag. Oh, come on. (laughs) David, I'm going (laughs) to jump over this studio desk and annihilate you. even, Even if he's like that, he still, at the end of the day, shows that even he has the good of humanity. Yeah. That he's still a good person in the very end. Yeah. We will see what's happening, but it does seem like Future State and Infinite Frontier, Swamp Thing, they're working together to tell one singular story, which we always, we we kind of figured that right from the very beginning. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. now we start seeing these connections. You start seeing the connections now. So either way, I like the turn of events, the allegory that humanity is the cause of ecological disasters. Now we must pay the price. Yeah. And that's a classic. That's very classic of ecological horror or ego horror, which if people aren't aware is in fact a sub genre of horror Mm -hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but this is what Alan Moore used as a guiding template of sorts for the early runs of Swamp Thing. Correct? Yes, he did. Because like that was the whole, that's the whole crux of like Alan Moore's run of Swamp Thing was to not only bring in the the philosophy that he was trying to uh, talk about like the afterlife and, and resurrection, but he, he wanted to show that humanity causes damage wherever they go. Yes. And it's a very pessimistic point of view. It's realistic too, but exactly. It is very realistic. Yeah. I've always been a softy for ecological horror. I feel like there's an intelligence to it, even if it yeah. doesn't seem like there's intelligence overtly. Mm-hmm. Usually there's some there's some very strong statements within the subtext. But it can be very easily like made into a very bad movie, so to speak. It's cheesy. A cheesy movie when you but do even the ecological good... horror stories. Well, even. OK, so <laughs> you're right. Uh, what's the show that or the movie that M. Night uh, directed and wrote that ended up being one of his biggest disasters. <laughs> I forgot what it was called now, but it was where the trees were fighting the back and killing people. Back, yes. Okay. That was ecological horror. And the concept was on point. The concept was great. It's just the execution, but that's why you have to have complete control over your story and understand exactly what you want to do. Because the whole idea of nature fighting back sometimes can come off as cheesy. Yes. Now, if people aren't aware of some titles within ecological horror, I'm going to read through some of the bigger, more obvious films over the last, I guess, 90 years. And the good ones, right? Well, as you, as you said, I mean, the happening, it's the happening. That's what it was. That was such a shit movie. I tried so many times with that one. Holy shit. And the thing that sucks about that, you know, what's worse than a sucky movie is when the concept is really fucking good. It's good. Yeah. But the delivery is bad. I mean, there's a reason why Mark Wahlberg is a meme in that. (laughs) Yeah. So the very first film that's considered ecological horror is King Kong. 1933, Uh, the beast from 20,000 fathoms, Godzilla, Godzilla, the creature from the black lagoon, Alfred Hitchcock's the birds, the wicker man, Jaws, Piranha, (laughs) 
Yes. But I don't know if you would call that good. I think one of the bigger ones is Jurassic Park. Messing with nature. Messing with nature. Which is what most of this is about. What happens when humanity has pushed the limits? Nature must retaliate Retaliate. in order to survive. And many times, this is why Swamp Thing is such a great concept, because many times nature chooses an avatar of sorts as its champion, as in, or I should say, as is, as is the case, I'll spit it out eventually here, as is the case with Jaws and Jurassic Park. Yeah. So ecological horror in concept is very good. It allows for some very intellectual thoughts on the damages that human kind inflicts on nature. All right. So fleshing out the political commentary a bit more, Dave, using philosophical theory to express a thought on socio-political issues is the best way to talk about politics. I mean, to state the obvious, like racism is bad. Yes. People of color matter too. It just comes off as hokey yes, it and does. soapboxing because listen, we get it. Black people are people and Mexicans are people and racism is bad. Isn't necessarily a bold statement. Like we get it. We all don't, even racist people know that racism is bad. So when you state it overtly, like so many hack directors and writers do, it just comes off as bad. But when you are someone like Ram V who uses subtext and philosophical thought to flesh out an idea and, and make a statement, it's so much better. It's so much better. And just quite frankly, just more intelligent. And to the one who's a thinker of, or who I should say has a philosophical mind, it's just insulting at times when People make those obvious statements. Yes. And to use philosophy in this manner, it actually does make perfect sense because in its earliest form, recorded form anyways, it's tied to political discourse and theory. It has been used to form societal ideologies around ethics and morality. So through this lens, Ram V explores what I'd say was the core of this issue, and that is that ideas carry more potential dangers for humanity than its tangible counterpart, whether it be someone or some people like Hitler, the alt right, Mm -hmm. the alt left, or any other political proponent that uses hate or fear as a platform. And not only does it affect the living, but it also I, the thing I really enjoy is the concept that Ram V threw in there is it's not just the living that's affected. It's it is every single thing that that even down to man made objects, mm-hmm. you know, like objects you wouldn't think would carry that quote unquote memory. But it does when you think about it, because the the object in question was made for a purpose. So, yeah. so in essence, well, that's why it's so you're talking about the the bomb. Yeah. Right. So, right. so in essence, it does kind of have its own sentience. It has its purpose. It's definitely representative for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's so much nuance that can be interpreted to have meaning. 
as you mentioned, the bomb, but also the drone was the drone. one of the most, I felt, just smart aspects because the, the droning aspect, the sound that the character heard that drew him to the bomb and essentially create or caused him to merge with the bomb is representative of insidious political rhetoric. That's what yes. the droning is. Yeah. It never stops. It crawls its way into our minds where it stays like a parasite growing and thriving until it consumes our way of thinking. Yes. And this type of, this type of idea or idea, story idea or like narrative thought is very similar to what we saw in Hellblazer about everything, everything basically an idea coming to life. It's not a thought form. A yeah. thought form. Thanks. Yeah. That's that. That's why I was trying to figure out what was the term that they used. But it was a thought form, right. a tulpa. And it's in essence, Ram V took the idea of a tulpa and took it further. Yeah. And he said, it's not just what it creates, but it's also what it affects. Yeah. You know what, Dave? These people creating tulpas out of racism—they're doing it all wrong. Because if you're going to create a thought form, create like a hottie. <laughs> like I'm thinking really hard of Zatanna and Caprica six from Battlestar Galactica. I'm going to create them. A Tulpa version is going to manifest itself in front of me and I'm going to live happily ever after, after. Uh, with a thought form. Like they're doing it all wrong. They go to hate, go to lust, lust over hate wins, right? Every time. But see, here's the problem though, Mike, if you do that, lust can be, you know, like it could be, deformed and twisted oh yeah and suddenly you have tentacle porn oh. yeah but <laughs> if it's a thought form is it wrong <laughs> is it a there's a there's a see listen dave i can get philosophical too i just posed a philosophical <laughs> question pertaining to morality there you go yeah see, see I, that's I, how it's done see ram v i can do it too <laughs> i can do it too and this takes us back let's get right back to Actually, that doesn't take us back. That takes us further away from our topic. But let's bring it back. Let's go back to the the ecological aspects. There was a strong statement being made that, and I believe you just, you alluded to this a moment ago. We are the disease that destroys the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially when you actually, there's a moment in the comic where you see them connecting with the bomb. And then he, uh, Swamp Thing makes the comment that this feels familiar and then suddenly you see like a, a picture of where all the bombs landed and then that's when you, you start seeing the 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 story arc that Ramvi or his narrative theme that he's saying is everything has its own memory and in essence this is the corruption who created the memory humanity yeah Listen, Ram V is my type of guy. Like, he's right. Humans are the biggest destroyer of all things. Honestly, this is, this is a thought I had during the earliest stages of the pandemic. Bringing it into real life for a second here. When we were on lockdown, the world flourished. Nature flourished. Nature flourished. Life flourished flourished at record-breaking numbers if you remember dave i was actually posting things on facebook about this when uh when we were first in lockdown it took two weeks for the waters 
in Sicily to completely become clear. And you can see the bottom. And you can see the bottom. It- Dolphins returned. They were swimming within the cities. I believe on the shores of, I want to say Australia, I believe it was, or no, Brazil. You had thousands and thousands of turtles giving life. Yeah. Animals were were thriving. Oh, yeah. Were thriving. How much more evidence do we need <laughs> to see that we are the disease? Dave, it took two weeks for life to flourish. Two weeks of us not using cars. Two weeks of us keeping our fat asses in our homes for life to survive or to flourish, I should say. One of my favorite moments that proved your point was in California when they started showing the streets empty (laughs) and animals were freaking walking down the street. Yes. Why? Because there's no humans. There's no one to freaking shoot at them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, dude, it even goes further. Pollution. Pollution went down. Within two weeks, pollution dropped to levels that we have not seen in multiple lifetimes. Two weeks, Dave. That's all it takes. And see, the beauty of this, the beauty of this type of storytelling, because so we're seeing the beginning of it. Yeah. We see the evil hu- of humanity and that pessimistic side that that is John Constantine basically saying, yeah, humanity fucking sucks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But we have to work up to Ram V's goal, which is a future state, a future state, yeah. which is how do we prove that humanity matters? Yeah, listen, this is where Ram V and I like veer into different uh directions because there is no optimism in my viewpoint. The station ended with swamping killing off all of humanity. (laughs) I mean, mean, just think about it, Dave. If you remove a species of animal, okay, typically it rains havoc on an ecosystem. Yeah. Okay. For example, bees. If bees die, we die. Oh, everyone dies. All of life dies. Yes. If you remove us from the equation, Life gets better for the entire world, Dave. (laughs) We are a disease. We do not belong. That's what was proven during the pandemic. So keeping that line of thought the top of your head for a moment, that's what was being used as the the guiding template or theme for this issue. But even bigger than that, for his entire run so far, starting with Infinite Frontier Swamp Thing number one, the contagion is humanity. The contagion is the fact that the nature, if you will, cannot reconcile with humanity's grotesque nature. Nature. That's why that's why one of the most important lines of the of the comic in my opinion that ties into that is when Swamp Thing basically says this is not how we should be remembered. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And well and how many times I mean he said that in issue number 4. He yeah. said that in issue number 4 that this is not how the green should remember us. And then once again, it was reiterated in issue five when Swamp Thing is taking that bomb to an SS abandoned what island or concentration camp. Yes. He says, this is not how the green should remember us. And why? Because it's the source of the contagion. These horrible memories, these 
atrocities that were committed by people, uh, evil thoughts, racism, prejudice, uh, bigotry, all of it. It's a very powerful, strong statement. It and if, if I was, you know, let's say DC executive and Ram V pitched this to me, I would be a little suspect at first. I'm like, oh man, that's a lot of fucking seriousness and it's going to come off hokey as fuck, man. Oh, easily, easily. Especially since, you know, philosophy wise, it spits in the art, philosophical argument mm-hmm. that, you know, history should be remembered because if you don't remember history, you're doomed to repeat it. Right. Right. So Ram V is essentially his philosophical philosophical statement is just spits in the face of that and says, no, these things need to be forgotten because look at the damage it's done. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that, that point. I mean, Ram V is just, he's killing it. Oh, he is. It's he's cool. Killing it with allegory metaphor subtext philosophy i mean this guy gets it i hope give this guy another 12 issues of swamp thing <laughs> please give him a blank check in fact just say hey listen ramvi you write anything the f- anything the f- anything just gear oh no 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 don't say anything mike no write anything. anything because if they say anything suddenly they're gonna have him show up in Batman. Oh, listen. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's on, that blank, on that blank check, just put, you know, like if, you know, you kids out there might be too young to remember checks. You probably don't even know what a check is or a blank check. But many years ago, a source of or a type of tender was a piece of paper that was rectangular. And you would just write on it. And that was your money. Well, in the little corner there was something called memo and you can write what the check was for for record purposes and in that little memo just write for anything but batman <laughs> anything but batman <laughs> thank you yeah that's exactly what i would do in fact you know what i would just i would just kill batman off <laughs> <laughs> just kill ramvi here's a blank check and it says in the memo kill batman although you know in in regards of choosing characters in that ramvi needs to cover when it comes to the Swamp Thing thing, I've been finding that his choice of characters to call back to mm-hmm. has been incredibly smart. I mean, here in this issue, we have John Constantine, who is the epitome of, like, the ugliness of humanity. But he's still, a, he's still a hero. He's still a badass. But he's not, he, he's not the nicest of men. <laughs> but then also in the very end, bringing in the Suicide Squad to continue your theme. Yeah. Dude, he's like doubling down and I'm I'm trying to figure out if Ram V's point is to show that humanity is worthy of this world. Yeah. He's like stacking the deck constantly mm-hmm. against it. And I'm like going, how are you going to prove prove, you know, swamp thing right? Yeah. <laughs> well, what are they trying to do now? It looks like they're trying to capture him to make him into a weapon. Into a weapon. <laughs> that is exactly what humans would do. That's exactly. Hey, look at we just discovered a, a creature that knows how to interact with nature. Let's fucking capture him and turn him into a weapon. Turn him into a weapon. Solid plan. <laughs> fuck, fuck us. Fuck us. Like, why aliens don't talk to us? People are like, the aliens are out there. Yes, they probably are, and they fucking stay away from us. They put a beacon 
you know, not a beacon. What's a, a probe? They put probe. A, a warning probe just outside of our solar system and as a warning to all life. That's why we never see aliens. That's why aliens never come here because some smart alien species put a fucking probe out beyond the solar system as they stay away from this planet. They'll find a way to fucking kill you. There are a bunch of assholes and we've probed all their assholes. Listen, already. their technology is, is dismal compared to ours. We could probably kill them, but these humans are resourceful when it comes to their tyranny. They will find a way to destroy us. Stay away, please. Yeah. So switching gears back to narrative and story. Ram's assertion that everything is connected is a tethering device that brings cohesiveness to the world of DC, specifically the duality of Swampy and Constantine. Both are different. But each serves, or I should say, What's a better way of saying that both are different and each serves a, a different master, but it's all part of the same highway of memory and information. Yes. A history of all life on this planet. Now, Dave, you are the bigger DC comic book reader than myself. I mostly stick to Constantine and the darker side. That's new, correct? It is. I mean, like th- this this concept that Ramvi's tooling around—it's kind of like a restructuring very, he, because exactly. I know there's been elements like that, but oh, yeah. he's he's reworking it. He's reworking it because originally you have this in in the DC universe, you had this separation between the quote unquote the green, the red, and then you had introductions by like you know Jeff Johns and everything with the black and the. The, the light, the or and everything else, but it's always been that, you know, divided. It was right. it, it was very visible. Right here, Ram V is like saying, no, 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 everything is mixed together to to another to to make a bigger end. It feels like, and I could be getting my metaphysical philosophy fucked. It's been a while. It feels a lot like Gaia. You know, Gaia, like Mother Nature, power from Earth. It's all connected. Everything is connected. There is no separation. Yeah. All elements have its own purpose, but in the end, everything's together. Everything's it, together. It's a part of Gaia, Mother Earth, nature. Yes. That seems like what he's doing. He's bringing it all together. And I don't think that has anything to do with metaphysics, but, you know, I, uh, I'm an idiot sometimes. No, it it could be. I mean... There's a lot of concepts in just these, you know, five issues that Ram V has been toying around with since the beginning. I mean, not just the five issues, but also, you know, like you have future, future state. Indian mysticism. That's what I was. Yeah. That's, that's, is, that's the phrase I was looking for. He is pulling on every like metaphysical, philosophical idea and trying to make it into a superhero comic, and he is succeeding. He is succeeding, because you would think if you're pulling various ideas that it may start feeling contradictory, uh, but it doesn't. It actually yeah. has a... a it has symmetry. A, There's like a weird symmetry to it. Yeah, it, it works together. Hold on a second. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to see what I was trying to think. I'm thinking Greek mythology, which is Gaia. It's the personification of Earth. So there's a, a mixture of 
of various different cultural mysticisms being utilized. Mm-hmm. I like it. And yet it all feels complete. It all feels like it goes together. Yeah, because it could easily, in another writer's hands, I feel that 80% of the time... 90. You 90%. think 90? Yes. Because Most people can't handle this much yeah, stuff. Yeah, because it's really difficult to write stuff like this. It is. Especially comic book form isn't the easiest form to write. Many people think, oh, comic books. I know there are writer friends of mine who feel like it's very low art. It's considered low art. And I guess for the most part, yes, the mainstream titles could be considered low art, but that doesn't mean there aren't writers that excel in this field yeah, and are very capable in crafting very intricate stories that, that actually I would say matter. I feel like a story like this matters. Oh yeah, easily. I mean, in 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 like some parallel universe out there, if Ram V ever was given the chance to do a a TV or film version of his type of storytelling, I honestly think it'd be some of the smartest writing I've ever seen. Yeah, if he can write TV and movies, though, I mean that is also a different medium. That's a different that medium. may not be his that's neck. What, that's why I said, like in a parallel yes. universe, yeah. <laughs> if he could do that, yeah, I mean that's why it's this type of storytelling is so difficult, and majority of the time you will see it solely in books and comic books. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately, it's really cool to see how Ram V has taken DC canon and reworking a few things that clarify or expand on what we know of DC. I like it. All right. So art, Dave, Mike Perkins is gone. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. (laughs) Now I will say that John McCree, I believe is his name. He's taken over as art for artist duties on this issue here. I'm assuming the rest of the run as well. And his work is really good. And I'll get into that in a second. But I I get so frustrated, Dave. And we might have talked about this on uh, an Oblivion Bar episode. I get so fucking annoyed when they change artists. Yes, I know you do. Now, if you're dealing with an ongoing run, let's say you're dealing with like just something that doesn't end. Then I understand, you know, change out the artist, change out the writer. That makes sense. That I makes get sense. that. Yeah. But you're dealing with a 12-issue run. You're telling me you can't stick with one fucking artist for 12 issues so that we can have consistency in art? Exactly. And... I I don't get it. This is going to be one of the reasons why I'm going to say this is is going to be an example of why this comic is a little bit of a a head-scratcher for me. Because I love the comic overall. Yeah. However... What John McCree did was he gave us a comic that, or gave me a comic that. Oh, just you. <laughs> How special. That artist wise, yeah. I think I like John McCree's better. No, I do too. No, and, that's where I was going to go with this. And I'm like going, oh no, if Mike Perkins comes back, we're never going to get like, this type <laughs> of art. And I'm like going, uh, this is why you don't change artists. I know. Listen, <laughs> now I love Mike Perkins. That's clear. And the previous, what, four issues or did he do future state as well? I'm not sure. I think he did. Yes. So in the previous six issues, we love he his did. work. It is gorgeous, fantastic work. 
And I do like John McCree better, but it still frustrates me that we change artist styles. I said this during an oblivion bar and I'll say it again for our, the bulk of our listeners who aren't subscribed to our Patreon feed. It's no different than changing your cinematography in a TV show. Yes. Imagine watching, let's say something most people understand the look on Sin City without me having to explain the nuances of cinematography and different lighting schemes. So Sin City, let's look at the movie Sin City, Dave. That is a form of German expressionism uh, that then turned into a style that was used by uh, directors during the 30s and 40s, 50s and 60s that turned into a genre known as film noir, right? Noir, yes. So it's a very specific style. You're using high contrast, negative fill. Lights and shadows. Uh, Yes. Okay, imagine halfway through Sin City. You decide to light those areas up in the shadows and, and you no longer have a, yeah, you never, you no longer have negative fill and it looks like a, a Superman TV show. Yes. It, it would throw you off. You'd be like, okay, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> exactly. There's a reason why in certain storytelling, when they do like say side stories in the middle of the movie, because I've seen movies do that. They will choose a different cinematographer just so that they can get that feeling that, Oh, I'm getting a secondary story. But if you do it without even, you know, without even a thought process, it is absolutely jarring. Yeah. Well, and that's what they're doing with these comics. And I don't remember, I quit reading comics from, so in the nineties when I was a kid, I read a lot of comics in the nineties. Yeah. I don't remember them doing that. Now I don't have a lot of, a lot to go on in the two thousands. Cause I quit reading a lot of comics except for, you know, Hellblazer stuff like that. Well, the problem, the problem, but did they do that? Did they change artists in the middle of like, or I should say every four or five issues. Did they do that? Because it seems like, uh, something they do all the time now with yeah. comics. And that that was the problem back then. The 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 problem the 90s like the late 90s or mid to late 90s had was you only had a set number of artists and everyone had to do that art style. And it, it, the problem there was like everyone started looking the same and unfortunately the styles would not change. They would not adapt for 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 audience taste. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't like it. And a lot of people actually point to that, that issue in the nineties is the reason why we have quote unquote breaks in artists in the middle of series, because like, you know, in the comic book industry, they saw, well, during the nineties, you had the comic boom or, or not boom, but bust. Yeah. And why? Because a majority of like fans felt everything was the, goddamn same and everyone drew the same and it was boring and then all of a sudden like the big two were like going you know we gotta freshen up our writing room and we gotta actually bring in more new artists who have a different eye for things hey listen i am open for new artists and you're right there it's same thing with any you know form of work period sometimes you need to breathe in you need to bring in new life you know to Kind of change things up. Things can get stale. So I understand the changing of artists and writers. However, but when you're dealing with issue number five, 
Yes. And same thing with the Hellblazer run last year. Like they would go three issues with Campbell and then they bring in another guy for a single issue, then go back to Campbell and then go back to the other guy for two issues. It fucks with your visual continuity. With your visual continuity. <laughs> I really wish they would stop doing that. Especially since, you know, like. And yes, I'm bitching a lot and I don't fucking care. Okay. Well, McCree, the, 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 the 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 difference between McCree and Perkins, mm-hmm. McCree is definitely, I don't know if the term is right saying he's more abstract, but when you see a lot of his art, mm-hmm. he relies on symbolism. He relies on like symbolism and metaphors everywhere. Like that whole, there's a page where he's talking about the memory of war and you see just a panel of red and then silhouettes of soldiers. That is very different than Perkins. Like, um, yeah, you're right. And that's why, you know, you get, you get those moments. Like I love his horror elements that he threw in there. Like the man who basically melded with the piping in the building. Did you like that? There's a pipe coming from his dick. Like, <laughs> come on. I was like, come going, on, John McCree. You, nothing was safe. Yeah. There was nothing. Yeah, I'm gonna safe. stick a fucking pipe right in his cock area. They didn't want to stick it in his mouth. They want to stick it up his butt and <laughs> through his dick hole. Oh, come on. <laughs> Why? Why you gotta do that to him? Because what did he do. And that's the thing. Make it horror. Okay, I'm gonna disturb you with yeah, this. Can you imagine if this was turned into a film? Oh, oh my god, the dude. body horror of that. <laughs> Holy ho- god, that'd be awful. Even even like the um, the very end when he draws Swamp Thing getting blown up. It's horrific. You see the his. It's almost like watching his flesh dissolve, even though he's a plant based organism. Yeah, they definitely brought. Uh, they definitely there was horror vibes throughout so far. The opening five issues or opening four issues, but they definitely brought those horror vibes to the forefront. And that's why in this issue. That's why I feel this is so weird for me because I want to say the past issues. Some of the past issues have been fantastic. Some yeah. of my favorite. But, like, in regards to, like, what was my favorite issue visually, Mm -hmm. this one takes the cake. Yeah. No, I agree. Without a doubt, Dave, I do agree. I I totally dig his stylistic approaches for pretty much every reason you stated, so I won't reiterate. But there's also a a late 70s, early 80s vibe that feels a bit like the Grindhouse era. Uh, we, of course, are getting those noir vibes as well that went up a hundredfold with Constantine's appearance. Oh, dude, that was that was one of the best introductions of Constantine I've seen in a comic where yeah. you just basically you already know who it is, but you don't see the face. But all you see is the lid cigarette, the grin mm-hmm. and then the matches. Yeah. And it's like, oh, OK, it's John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The desaturation of the low key colors and some of the empty spaces brings that 80s style to the forefront as well. Yeah. I totally dug it. So I'm not against John McCree. So John McCree is listening because I know some of the creators do listen to our podcast. I fucking love it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm just frustrated with, with the approach that DC takes. I don't quite understand, but uh, <laughs> it's one of those don't change nowadays. again. All right. Don't change again. John McCree, you're here with us. Don't abandon us, okay? Don't abandon us. Stay with us. Stay with me. Please. Especially if you're drawing Constantine. Yes. And if you try to leave, I will lock you in the basement of the House of Mystery 
where there's dildos and <laughs> plugs, all types of utensils. Is that what you yes. use? The word you use utensils, utensils. Yeah. Um, and that's not a threat, John McCree. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe it is. But uh, if you try to file a restraining order, I will deny, <laughs> deny, deny everything. Yeah. And there's no way they could use this broadcast as evidence. There's, that's impossible, right? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move into our final thoughts. I'm going to start us off, Dave. Okay. I'm just going to say straight out the gate. It's a 100% Dave. <laughs> it really is. Okay. Uh, there isn't a single flaw with issue five. And not only is this singular issue just great, but it also smooths some of the rougher edges in from issue two. And it brings everything together in a very cohesive manner. So I'll leave it simple. Dave, how about you? I am going to second that it's a hundred for me. Whoa. Because it's a great reintroduction to the, the relationship between John Constantine and Swamp Thing. Like we didn't have to have this overblown. Oh, John has to go find Swamp Thing or right. vice versa. No, it's just they show up and he basically introduces Swamp Thing to his associate. And then all the Swamp Thing looks at it is, I remember you, John, yeah. Constantine, troublemaker. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's did, all he knows. Okay, hold on. That's another thing I forgot to mention. I love that they did that because essentially, like, this is such a great way to bring us a new Swamp Thing because it is a new Swamp Thing, but at the same time, because of that previous issue where they stress the point that everything, even though this is a different avatar, a different human soul that's currently in control, the memories that are within the green are all one. Yes. And that's why I appreciate and because of that, we, we do, did we really lose Alec Holland? Not really. Not really. His memories are there, and we are saved from having to have some ridiculous introduction that we don't need between Constantine and Swamp Thing. Who are you? I don't know. Who are you? No, we know each other. <laughs> and that's what that's works. why that's why this this team up has always been a fan favorite among DC fans. Oh yeah, because like everyone understands Swamp Thing and and John and John Constantine when they're together. They're they're pretty much an ultimate duo. They're an odd couple. They're type. an odd couple, but still, you understand the relationship, and that's what I. They're also, a buddy cop. It's a routine. buddy cop. It's a buddy cop routine for and, sure. And Ram V basically understands that, and I uh, and that's one of the reasons why it's one of the best kind of team ups of John Constantine and Swamp Thing I've seen in a long time, mm-hmm. and. Ramvi still knows to pay homage to like the history. He under he doesn't have to explain why this team up is awesome. Everyone knows. Yeah. And that and that's even between them. That's why I love the the take where he says uh he calls him the Swamp Thing and then Swamp Thing looks at him I've taken many names, yes. And Alec Holland is a name I keep and yet is not mine to take. Yeah. It's and good. then even after that John's just basically goes, "Oh, okay. Cool. Good to see you, old friend." Yeah. And I'm like, going, that's their relationship. It's business as usual. It's business as usual. Yeah. So 100%, Dave? Absolutely. It's All 100%. Right. So 100% across the board here at the House of Mystery. I do want to take the time before we close out today's show to remind people to find us on iTunes. That is our preferred place to listen to our discussions. 
please give us a five-star review as well as a, or I should say five-star rating as well as a review. We do need those in order to trigger algorithms so that we can cut through the, all of the podcast noise. We need people to just take the time out and give us that five-star rating. And the more ratings we get, the more opportunities we are afforded that we can then give back to the listeners, but we need those. And I feel like it's a little uneven right now because our downloads are, are great. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing this show, but our ratings are dismal and I don't quite understand that disconnect. If you enjoy our show and you're listening episode after episode, then please give us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, Patreon, patreon.com slash Digital. if you want to get more of us discussing the world of John Constantine and its affiliations within the darker side of D.C., subscribe for just a dollar, a dollar a month. You will gain access to a little mini pre-show we do pretty much before all of our regular discussions where we banter a bit about the latest John Constantine news. So you get more of what you like and you can help us stay alive. So patreon.com slash rain man digital. I want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you, David. Thank you. And good night. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks and spit on them when they're down. Leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I walk my path alone because let's be honest who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me